With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back on this uh, Friday show. We'll do some uh, NFL a little later on. We'll go around the league. We'll do picks uh, one last time here. Uh, It's an interesting week of games, and everybody obviously will be riveted to the Pats and the Steelers uh, come Sunday. But some interesting games, especially the Saturday night game, is a fun game. I mean, the Chargers and the Chiefs with a lot on the line. Chargers playing so well. Surprised, I have to admit, very surprised the Chargers are favored on the road. You know that? I'm very, very surprised. I know they're playing well, but I think that's a, I I think that's a bad line. I really do. I think I, I think I just don't think it's a good line. I really don't. I think it's surprising. I think it's an overreaction. That one surprises me. Uh, Dave in Jersey. What's up, Dave? Mike, great to talk to you. Thank I you. couldn't agree with uh, more than what everyone has been saying about you. The thing that I want to remember, Mike, and, and you've made reference to this a couple times, actually, the last couple of weeks, is I think one of your legacies is how you talk uh, so glowingly about Roe and, um, and then to see you as a father with your kids. Um, many of us who've been following you for a very long time remember when your kids were born. It was amazing on, on a Sunday football show to hear them, which was great. And I think in today's world, uh, it's a great legacy for you to uh, really encourage all your listeners that uh, one of your legacies is that we all should be better husbands well, and better fathers. No que- that, that goes without any, any question at all. And, you know, lucky enough to have the family I have. And you know what? Um, to have kids, and, and listen, I came from uh, a broken home, as you know, so... Um, but uh, I uh, consider that my most important job, being being uh, you know the head of the household and being the father and uh, being the husband. And uh, I really you know think it's you know it's something I never really when I was young I wondered if I would uh, excel at that and uh, you know wondered about being a father. And it's something I'm glad I had a chance to experience because it's been unbelievable. It really is. It's been be- it's the best thing that can never happen to you. It really is. And I have great, I have to say, I'm very lucky I have great kids, you know. I really, they're just they're unbelievable. I love them. And I know everyone loves their kids, but I just tell you, they're just uh, very fortunate with my kids. They've been great. They really have. And, uh, you know, they get to that age where, you know, you dread a little bit the idea of teenagers. <laughs> they're just about on that brink of that where, you know, they, their deal is they go into that five or six-year window where, they're supposed to think their parents don't know anything and just they're lost. I mean, because that's part of being a teenager. I mean, that's what teenagers being about. So when you think back over life, I think everybody would admit teenage years are probably the hardest years of your life because there's so much stuff going on that's for the first time and, you know, changing physically, changing emotionally. It's probably the craziest time of your life. It really is. When you go back and look at it, I would say your childhoods are fun. You get, you grow up, you understand when you're a man, but those years in between, those are crazy years because you just, you know, everything is new. Everything is indecisive. Everything is, 
you know, when you first discover the opposite sex and everything else. I mean, just it's, it's a crazy time, you know. It really is. Dean and Patchog, what's up, Dean? Hey, Mike. It's uh, New York State Assemblyman Dean Murray. The last time you and I spoke was about two years ago, and we kind of disagreed a little bit on something, but I wanted to What was that sure. about? Rem- that, refresh that my the, memory. Uh, Daily fantasy sports. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but have you come to grips on the, on, on your position? Well, we passed though? it. What? We passed it. It's legal. Everybody yeah. can play now. Yeah. So we've moved on. But you, but you do agree it's gambling, right? Uh, well, we'll, okay. we'll we'll agree to disagree. But I you I still don't to... think it's gambling? Well, no, to a degree it is. Sure. Okay, thank you. I mean, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but I just wanted to thank you. Well, thanks very much. Despite the fact that you know that that's what sports is about, and that kind of discussion in your venue is being able to you know, share your side. And uh, I just wanted to thank you for educating and entertaining sports fans throughout the tri-state area for the last 30 well, years. Well, thank you. Really, you'll be, you will be missed by, by myself as well. Well, and thank you. Anytime you want to come, I don't know why you would, but if you wanted to come to Albany to visit, the door is always open Well, thanks. I appreciate that, that to too. Thank you very much. Thanks hey, for best, the, all the best, Mike. Thank you, Dean. Thanks for the invitation, and uh, I wish you well. Happy holidays. Kenny in Staten Island, what's up, Kenny? Hey, Mike, I've been calling since day one. It's been a pleasure. I know it's not goodbye until we uh, speak again. Uh, the only thing that I missed out on in this uh, 30 years that I wished would have happened was the Jets winning the Super Bowl to see the reaction of you and the fans <laughs> calling in. Yeah, you know, it would it would it would have been fun. I would because I would have liked to see what Benigno would have actually done if he had to be happy for a day about his team. Could you imagine? He would have been miserable being happy. You know, that? he really would have. He would have been like, okay, now what? Now what? You know, it's like, what happens when your dream comes true? That's exactly how it would be. That, that's what it would have to be. Imagine seeing him the next day. Uh, Pasquale in Hoboken. What's up, Pasquale? Hey, how are you, Mike? Good. First time, nev- never. So uh, talking about teenagers, 1989, I was a high school senior, and now I have two teenage daughters, so you can only imagine uh, you know, the life changes uh, yes. I shared with you yes. on air. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you. Nothing... Nothing more than that from the uh, Pajama Cowboys fan nation. Well, thank and, uh, you. Look forward to your next next endeavor. Thank you. There. I love the Pajama Cowboys. They're some of my favorite fans. They really are. Though, and if you're not aware of what the Pajama Cowboy fan is, the Pajama Cowboy fan is the guy who was in his pajamas the day the Cowboys beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. The Butch Johnson catch, the 27-10 win, and that day the little Pajama Cowboy fans, they created a nation of fans across the country who then that day decided that uh, in their Dallas Cowboy pajamas, they then decided that that was going to be their lot in life, to be Cowboy fans. And they've been there ever since. And they are a very, very loyal group. Cowboy fans, one thing you got to say about them, they are plentiful and they are loyal. They really are. Terrence in uh, New Brunswick. What's up, Terrence? Hey, Mike. Uh, I can't believe I actually got through. I've been listening to you since I was a little kid with my dad. I have a four-month-old, and he's actually in the car, too, right now. So he's going to be listening wherever you end up going. That's great. Uh, But the one thing I want to share real quick is just – I've always been able to follow your logic, even extremely fair, whether it's politics, things I disagree with you on, but just the wide range of topics that you've spoken about. And I just think you've always been fair, passionate, and just the most authentic person. And that's why I've listened so long. So I just want to thank you so much, and good luck on whatever else you're doing. Thanks very much, Terrence. Appreciate it. Yui and Nanuet. Yui, how are you? Hey, Michael. Great uh, talking to you for one last time. You know, today's a great day to actually reminisce a little bit and looking back on your career. Um, who would you say are, you know, in, in each of the sports, who would you say are, are some of your top, you know, one or two favorite guests 
I'll give you a quick list of mine. I loved with hockey. I love when you talk to JD in baseball. I love when you talk to Bobby Valentine and Joe. Um, football, I still miss George Young, but I loved when you guys used to talk to Hank Schramm and all those Super Bowl on sites. Those were so much fun. You got to, you got, people didn't even go on on site. You guys, I know you've talked about this before, but I think you set the, the stage for being on site at the Super Bowl. And, you know, just some of the, those are just some of the, and I love Calipari and I love when you talk. I think David Stern was a big part of the fan and you were a big part of helping the NBA and, really exposing David Stern and, and promoting him even more and promoting the NBA. I know they had great stars. He's been a great he's you been, guys did a great job. No, with he's that. been a great guest. He really has. Uh, Stern was one of our best and so so is George Young, uh, one of our best. And I'll tell you a guy who's been is a, been a great guest through the years, Bobby Valentine. Because the thing about Bobby Valentine is Bobby Valentine is never boring when he's on. You're never sitting there saying, oh, boy, you know, listen, let's just get over through this. And Bobby's always going to tell you stuff. Like, he'll always give you a story. He'll give you an opinion. He's He's got opinions about everything. He's, you know, and I, I like people have opinions about that. I can't stand people don't have opinions. I want people to have opinions. So, and that's good. Like, when I say to Bobby, Bobby, what umpire drove you crazy? He didn't say, oh, you know, all the umpires are fine. They do their job. He said, boom, Frank Pulley. Here's why. Frank Pulley. He didn't say, that's the perfect example. Bobby, what what umpire drove you crazy? Instead of giving you the political answer, you know, the, oh, you know, the umpires all try hard, you know, listen, you know, I might have my, said a nonsense answer, boom, Frank Pulley, here's why. But that's what you love in a guest. He answers the question, he tells you honestly, hey, I didn't get along with this guy. I came out of the dugout, he threw me out. He threw me out before I even said anything. I mean, so that's what you love. Tony in Hoboken, what's up, Tony? Mike, uh, so so happy to be through to you on the last Thank day. Thank you, Tony. You as a fan, really grateful. Uh, I wanted to ask, I know you're a big Mel Allen guy, or a big Mel Allen guy. I was wondering how you felt uh, when he retired, when he went off the broadcast, and what kind of impact and you know, just emotionally. You know, I was very you young then. When that, you see, uh, when, uh, I did an, uh, an interview that, I don't know, you might have seen or someone might have seen today, with Serby, Steve Serby, who's a good guy. I've known Steve for a very long time. So I met Steve for breakfast last week. And he said, I want to ask you all these different questions. I want to do this Q&A, which he, it was in, in the paper, I think, today. And one thing he asked me was, uh, if you could listen to one broadcast, who would you want to listen to? And I said, well, you know, when I grew up, baseball was Mel Allen. You know, I mean, Mel Allen sounded like, you know, sounded like baseball. Baseball and Ballantyne, you know, that ball is going, going, gone. You know, so I grew up on Mel Allen. And, it's, and it sounded like a big game then, you know. And I, I've always felt that, you know, uh, I, I talked about how when I grew up on a beach, you could go from blanket to blanket to blanket, and as you walked around, as you walked across the beach, and you'd hear radio, 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 they would all be on the same. You could hear Mel Allen and hear Mel Allen and hear Mel Allen as you went along the whole beach. Just like you could always hear whatever the hot song of the summer was. So if it's uh, Strangers of the Night, here's, and you know they always play the number one hit every 20 minutes or so. So, you know, you know, like everyone grew up on WABC if you're old enough. You know, that's what you grew up on. Uh, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, Dan Ingram or, you know, whoever it was, depending on what part of the day it was. But you grew up on these guys in 77 was, you know, playing the hits on AM radio. And that's what we all grew up on before everybody went to FM in later years. But, you know, we went to 1027, you know, Scott Muni and the guys, Pete Fornatel and all those guys. But um, 
Uh, Dennis Elsis, I don't want to leave my other teacher out. You know, they were both my teachers in high school, El- Elsis and Pete Fornatel. But, um, uh, and I used to go meet Scott Muni for lunch all the time, and we'd talk college football. We'd have lunch together and talk about college football. He loved college football. So we'd meet, and, uh, uh, you know, sit around and have lunch, uh, you know, and, and talk about, about college football and about football. He loved football. Um, so the point was that you'd hear the song, whether it was Light My Fire, which is a summer song, or Satisfaction, or, you know, Strangers in the Night. Whatever the hit was, you'd hear it from blanket to blanket to blanket, you know. And uh, that's when you know something. So that's how I heard uh, Mel. And they asked me, he asked me also, what football team? And I said, you know, I go back to Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Regattas, if you remember that team. And the other one I said is, you know, like everyone else, Madden and Summerall, who were a great team together. You know, really remarkable team. Harris in Manhattan. What's up, Harris? Hey, Mike. How are you? Thank you. What's happening? Uh, you know, I just wanted to, to uh, make a quick comment. You, you you used to talk about, I don't know if you remember it, but you used to talk about first bus, like the guys on the first bus, yep. the top of the top. Uh, you're a first bus guy, Mike. And, uh, you know, yesterday listening to everyone call in and hearing all these big, you know, guys with great careers, you can really hear the, the reverence they all had for you. And it was it was real, and uh, and that's special. And uh, you know, well, thank that you. Means, you know, you you accomplish something uh, that no one else has. So good luck to you. Well, thank you. That's very nice, Harris. Thank you very much. And you know what? Having all those guys on, a lot of who have been friends of mine or contemporaries. I mean, you know, guys that I've obviously had on the air or covered, like an Eli Manning or a Bernie Williams. Hearing a Tim McCarver call. I mean, that was very nice. Obviously, Jim, I mean, Nance is, you know, is like family, so he's a little different in that. But, you know, I, whenever I see Nance, I still think the same thing. I remember breaking him in. His audition at CBS, I, he had to interview me in his audition. He had to do score segment in the first segment. He had to do scores and highlights in the second segment. He had to interview me in the third segment. That was his uh, CBS, uh, you know, his, his uh, audition tape. Was the, it was five people he was competing against. They looked at 100 tapes, they brought in five guys, and he was one of the five finalists, and they all had to audition me. And he won the, he won the contest and went on to obviously a you know, legendary career back after this. 